Hey, Kev. Good to see ya. What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Outpost, a podcast about inspired thinking. I'm Lacey, and I'm so happy to be here. I've got Jared here. Who's Hello. F- you're feeling... Very tired. Krista, who's feeling... I don't know what I'm feeling. And Derek, who's feeling... Alive. Yeah, good. We're doing really good. We're doing really great Huzzah. here today. <laughs> uh, Derek, uh, you've got community questions today. I do. Can I have you... them fresh from the mailbag. Get so here right. we go. We're just going to dive right, right in. Get them right. I, I felt like I wanted to make the transition and you stole it. I did. Me, so. I, I was a goal line interception and I Dang ran it, it back. Didn't you run relay? Before? Yeah, I did. And I, but I also dropped the baton often. Yeah. So, here so we see, are. now we know why I had to pick <laughs> it up, right? All right, here we go. What is missing from pop culture that would make it feel more like it was for you? Oh, my God. Okay, so pop culture, it exists. <laughs> what would make it feel more like it was for you? Okay, what what's missing in pop culture that would make it feel more like it was for you? More snack um, merch, you know, just more snack. Every time I go to Claire's and there's avocado earrings, I'm the happiest person it just makes me feel so much joy. So I'd like more snack merch. The end. Snack merch. Everything like, and everybody like, has wings. Like a McDonald's cap, or like, <laughs> or like a, a cheese it brooch. A cheese it brooch. I kind of like that. So Krista, you want everything to have wings? Yes. That would make everybody to have wings. Pop culture be more for Krista. What about a cheese it brooch with wings? No. Well, um, if it had a cute little face, then okay. that would be acceptable. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Jared, what's missing for you? Um, you know, Lord, I just have so many things that I love that it's hard to condemn all of pop culture and say that <laughs> it, it, is, it is missing what I want. But okay. I mean, I would love more superhero shows, um, mm. just like TV shows, just like uh, exploring... Uh, uh, supernatural abilities and their implications on somebody's life. I think that that is a like a realm of it, it is an infinite sandbox. There are an infinite number of things that you could change and. So not just the class, not more of the classic superheroes that we already know, but like more superpowers. Yeah, and like it, the exploration of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's this movie, just low key movie. I don't even know what channel. Maybe Netflix. Flora and Ulysses where this young girl uh, meets this squirrel that gets sucked up into a vacuum and develops superpowers. And so she and the squirrel Well, we'll rewind, on... roll it back, run it back for a minute. Does it use the vacuum as a mech? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love it. You know, little things like that where we just got superpowers happening. So, so the squirrel gets sucked into a vacuum, which yeah. gives it superpowers? Yes. Uh-huh. So the vacuum is that squirrel's radioactive spider. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what initiated the I'm intrigued. It's great. When you say the vacuum, do you mean like an absence or like a vacuum cleaner? Um, Specifically like, you know, a robot vacuum cleaner. So it's like, it was like, it wasn't a human that was like actually working the vacuum. Uh It was going after the squirrel and got sucked up and. Uh Uh-huh. And just like the, just spinning, just like rattled its brain. Activated something. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a good. It's a good exploration. You make like a squirrel awakening factory out of the, <laughs> out of the cyclone or thing at the the fair. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Imagine. Just start dumping them in by the truckload. You have an army of them. Up. We've got an army. I want, I want more musicals. Of course you in do. In my life. Like, I just feel like the world is lacking in like more musicals. I feel like that would make it more for me. If there would be like, I don't know, The Crown, the musical. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, you know, just belting it out. But here's Beautiful. the question. Does this translate into real life? So, like, do you just like watching and partaking in, or do you wish that life was a musical? Oh, definitely the latter. Really? Life was a musical? That'd be amazing. You get to sing everywhere. You get to dance. I'd like it. You're just going to the store. There's nothing mm-hmm. stopping you, Derek. I, I know. Nothing <laughs> Nothing stops me. It's the real secret. Like, imagine, like, La La, the opening scene of La La Land was real life. Like, you're stuck in traffic. Guess I'm going to get out and do a musical number. I love it. Sounds amazing. I wish I had a theme song playing based on my mood and my, you know, my situation. If I could walk into a grocery store and like the theme song would play based on what I'm feeling mm-hmm. and I could like dance through the aisles. The Can you imagine how much better grocery shopping would be? So much better. You just wear headphones while you're shopping. That's what I do. I do too, actually. <laughs> I usually listen to a book or something yeah, while I'm Theme songs can be achieved. You can. But then everybody else the can't character. hear your theme song. And I can't be the main character. And, you know. I have never worn headphones, like, listen to musical shopping. I'm really? going to have to try that now. Yeah, it's nice. Because then also people don't talk to you. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really part. nice. Who's, talking to, who's walking up to you in the grocery store being like, hey, howdy, stranger. Want to have a conversation? I don't know. People, people do that to me all the time. Yeah, it happens. Maybe it's a female thing. Jeez. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows? I also just look like this every single time I go in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, people also, are like, ah, don't approach that guy. We're all wearing masks, so it's just like. Yes. Yeah, it's just uh-huh. all the eyes. You really have to sell it. So what I'm hearing is if pop culture could be more like us, there would be I you know there would be an army of squirrels <laughs> singing a musical going after uh cheese it winged brooches. That's what I'm that's kind of what I'm hearing here. Sounds wow. like the perfect culmination of everything we love. I think so. It's a beautiful world. <laughs> all right, good. Let's go to the next one. All righty, let's move on to the next one. You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. How much do you think people's entertainment tastes and interests are the result of everyone else's? Okay. So this is like an exploration of originality versus leaning into the crowd. Um, it's a good question. I feel like I feel like mine is fairly original, but but probably mostly influenced by the closest people to me, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, you know, my heavy care for science fiction probably comes from the fact that everybody in my family has a heavy care for. I'm, I, it's funny why I'm phrasing it that way. A heavy care. A heavy like, care. We really carry the burden of science fiction. <laughs> we we care very much about it. Carry on the lineage of yes. science fiction love. It does feel to me a little bit more familial than perhaps um, just like what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. I get that. I'm kind of the same way. I'm kind of like a social chameleon, I guess you could say. So a lot of um, like my mannerisms and stuff like that kind of can change or I'll pull them from other people and kind of replicate them. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to pop culture, you know, I think the same applies. Like you want to be, you know, be able to talk about things with the people that are closest with you. So you kind of start to love those things. Mm -hmm. It's like Doctor Who and that was really popular. I was really into Doctor Who. I'm not as into it now, but Mm -hmm. that was definitely onset by everybody in my friend group being into it mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that's that's kind of the case and you know memes influence things and you kind of feel like you're part of this this club especially with pop culture 
I think about how a lot of content does have these waves of popularity. You know, you think about how uh, when Game of Thrones was such a big thing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you watched Game of Thrones because everybody was watching Game of Thrones. Um, And there are, there are, Witcher maybe is probably similar. You know, there's these big waves of popularity that come with things that I do think very much influence whether somebody likes something or partakes of something Mm -hmm. or not. Well, Beyond just the service level of passing, like as as it goes, um, I think that for some for you to become a, like a real fan of something, to to have a real appreciation for something, I think that you know there is a certain amount of things in your life that you discover wholly on your own, and they're uniquely yours. But you know, I think that for a lot of people, in my experience uh, in particular, uh, a lot of the things that I really love and cherish in my life, I have had like people or an individual person who was there to show me what was cool about the thing, to mm. show me all the mm-hmm. ins and outs. And, a mentor. Yeah. And, Pop and culture and mentor. Exactly. <laughs> and to show you things and say, oh, don't you see how this is cool? Because these these multiple things that you wouldn't just at first notice. And, you know, I feel like not having somebody do that for football is what has produced a lack of, you know, heightened interest in football mm-hmm. for me. But there have been lots of things that have that have mm-hmm. i feel like as somebody who doesn't naturally like watch a lot of media or like i don't look forward to just sitting down and and watching something no matter what it mm-hmm. is i feel like people who know me really well like my friends will suggest things specifically for me and tell me no you must watch this you particularly will love it and then when i finally do I do love it. And mm-hmm. so they know I, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that that and that helps me also to like not have to watch through a ton of things to find those things I really like, like the people I am close to and who know me are able to like select those for me. So I feel mm-hmm. like I kind of get the best of it. Yeah. How long picks. do you normally resist? Um, I mean, it's not. I'm not purposefully resisting. It just <laughs> I'm currently in a battle with a friend trying to get them to watch a show and they're the type of person who is like, "Oh, you want me to watch it? Well, then it, it can't be good." Oh, it's like rude. No, no, no. No, it's a universal like worldwide thing. It's like okay. other people like it, therefore it must be oh, base and surface level. Cuz my taste right. is so specific. I have to I have to discover on my own and and be able to show for myself why it's cool. They're not going to before seeing it, I guess. They're not going to auto-subscribe <laughs> to the homogeny of the show. Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. what's the show? Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh. Avatar. It's my favorite show That's of all time. It's a great time. show. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've seen it like eight times. They should Every watch episode. it. Yeah. <laughs> we should find them. Hunt them down. Make so, them watch it. So all in all, I think definitely, for the most part, the content that people as a whole consume and like is influenced by what everybody else likes. Maybe on an individual level, mm-hmm. we are more significantly influenced by the people who are closest to us, who know us best. And there's probably a pretty small sliver of the things that we love that we just find on our own. Mm-hmm. Agreed? Agreed. Yeah, I think it's all based around community and you know, you want to be able to relate to other people who have the similar interests, so you're gonna kind of find those things and so you can relate to other people. And there's infinite content. There's yeah. literally oh boy, is there. there are there is probably quadrillions of hours of content to watch. And that's probably actually too big of a number. But <laughs> there are probably slide over exactly. But you know, there there's there's a bunch. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you could watch out there and deciding 
what to watch is one thing, but even knowing it ex- exists oftentimes requires someone in your sphere mm-hmm. having mentioned it. And that's like a big way of how, mm-hmm. you know, your tastes and are affected by others. when you say watch, it's watch, read, play, consume. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Engage with, yeah, yeah whatever yeah. the medium. Well, there's so much stuff of like fighting for our attention. Like we feel like even now more than ever, like the time that we do spend is like, this is the time if I'm going to dedicate 16 hours of my life towards the show it better be good because there's three million other options out there that i could have liked better quadrillion quadrillion cabillion fulfillion jajillion fulfillion i like that one new words (laughs) only on the outpost podcast Let's go ahead and move on to our main topic for the day then. Y'all ready for that? Yes. I'm ready for this. Okay. So main topic is using pop culture as escapism uh, versus catharsis. Now, I, I have a little trouble with the verses in there. So let's just talk about it like using pop culture as escapism, using pop culture as catharsis. Um, quickly, I'm going to go through the definitions to make sure we're all talking about the same thing. Good idea. So escapism, the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. Uh, From our perspective, we're talking about both consumption and creation of said pop culture um, or said content, said fantasy, etc. Uh, catharsis on the other hand is the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions okay so they are a little bit opposite of each other right one is distracting ourselves from the horrific realities of which we live um and the other is actively processing and being able to relieve Mm -hmm. uh release the emotions that we're feeling that might be causing us uh pain discomfort Insanity. Yeah, so experiencing versus yes. escaping. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So why don't we start with what are some activities that we do for escapism? Okay. So in your daily life, what pop culture consumption or creation do you use as an escapist tactic? Hmm. Um I have lots of podcasts lots of youtube channels about uh everything every type of performing every type of science uh, video games board games uh philosophy religion history it's like this role alternate history conspiracy theories um yeah there, there are lots of different uh avenues that i have the moment that i decide to uh escape my problems and And i just want to think about something else yeah i have lots of options and let's be real i think you and i both are this way um when you say the moment i decide that's like the moment that there's a lack of any uh stimulus am i wrong like i've seen you at a restaurant put your earbuds in on the way to the bathroom and take them out on the way back because at least from my perspective, when I do something similar, I just cannot stand the idea of being alone with my thoughts, even for that 60 seconds. Well, it's not that I cannot stand it, but it is that I am just ravenous for whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, the, I am perpetually in the middle of something mm-hmm. that I would you know, like to get back to, like, you know, have documentaries open or different, mm-hmm. different shows that I, I w- would love to watch or podcasts that I, that I need to catch up on and listen to. Mm-hmm. And so those like 
moments of like you know going to a bathroom or, or driving or walking you know different places have always been like just like filler time to just okay plug my brain which I is do, obviously not healthy to do all the time I, I do think that i would title mine escapism when i do something very similar where you're kind of calling it like you're entering into something i feel like i'm exiting out of something <laughs> during those times um, but I think you and I are both very similar in that. It, I don't like to really have much time at all that I am not having some content to keep my mind occupied uh, because otherwise sometimes my, my thought processes can start to kind of cycle in a downward spiral mm-hmm. of anxiousness and it's just easier for me to process life if I've got somebody else's made up drama that I'm listening to as opposed to kind of sitting in my own, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you find you f- you kind of gravitate more towards those more fictional stories yes. as of, or like like more of a documentary nonfiction? No, much more, at least for me, much mm-hmm. more fictional. I, that's where my science fiction novels come in. Mm-hmm. That's where maybe like historical fiction or, or myth-based fiction content I will take part in that does have a, a really nice storyline. It's got deep character development that I can just, you know, kind of escape into mm-hmm. and out of my cyclical thinking that can sometimes be destructive. Hmm. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here too, but do you ever find that as you relate to those worlds that are different than your own and are outside of your own, you it kind of transforms from escapism into catharsis because you are connecting with those characters and their situations in a way that kind of reflects your own internal dynamic? I do think that can happen sometimes, but I would say the percentage of time that is escapism versus transforms into catharsis is still pretty heavy on the escapism for me when I'm when I'm ingesting that type of content Mm -hmm. Um, another activity that I do that's just easy escapism is just any scrolling social media Hmm. right it's like as I'm as I'm scrolling through Instagram reels as I'm tapping through Instagram stories those are escapism moments for me. I'm not thinking of the content's not even that entertaining, you mm-hmm. know. It's okay, Lacey's friends have been called out. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all the people I follow. Your content kind of sucks. You know, I was going to comment on how quickly you were gesturing, tapping yeah. through everybody's oh, stories, no. but I chose to not. But here we are. <laughs> it's interesting you bring up social media because I was thinking about that too, and I was like, is that a form of escapism or is it like kind of this faux escapism? for me Mm. because like if social media is kind of a reflection of you know what's going on in the world whether it be twitter i think i i doom scroll twitter more Mm -hmm. probably than any other social media platform um and i'm sure it varies by platform to platform but i was thinking i was like is that is that escapism or do i think it's escapism because it's like distracting me from my immediate reality of like what's immediately going around me. So mm. that's an interesting thought to ponder. That's a really good point. I think you're right. It seems way more aptly titled faux escapism uh-huh. because it does distract you from the re- the cur- like the literal place you're sitting in. Mm-hmm. But the content that you're being shown usually is about whatever's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And it often is very dramatic and it often is very... Um, conflict you know there's a lot of conflict happening Mm -hmm. in in people's content on many social media platforms especially if you're not careful to curate your feeds in a specific way so faux escapism for social media mm, that makes really good sense Mm. well Mm -hmm. 
Um, do you do anything escapist? Yeah, I guess like when I am too tired to like be creating or be engaging, I like to just like immerse myself in other people's artwork, other okay. than like myth and things like that. And it feels like an escape because I am not having to do, you know, do work to create it. I'm just, you know, relating to this. Um, but then a lot of the times, you know, the, the themes from those myths that I have, mm, I guess, engaged with in a non goal oriented way, just, you know, just being with them, then those same things, when I do have the energy to be creative, those come out in that kind of catharsis. Mm. So it, that's why I kind of, I get kind of a blend between these, between the two hmm. realms. So instead of it being, I almost imagined it like a balancing scale where it's like escapism, it's that versus, right? Mm -hmm. Escapism versus catharsis. It's almost, it can be like a cycle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for example, I guess like imagining ideals, like that's like escapism, like from our reality where there are things that are frustrating. There are things that are good and bad and, and beautiful and horrible. And so just imagining this ideal and then when I try and put that into artwork or, you know, like escape to that, well, then that's one facet of reality. And it is kind of just exploring. Mm -hmm. It is kind of catharsis. So I feel like, I don't know, it can always lead back to catharsis if you really mm. explore it. That's beautiful. I Go ahead. I was going to say that I feel like it is more than a continuum where you become more cathartic the less escapist it is i feel like it, there is more um it is more like a flavor or a purpose or an intention mm -hmm. or, or a means of, of trying to to engage with it in a particular way or create something in the hopes that it will be engaged in a particular way and so that a, an individual story could be designed to to whisk you away mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. all on narnia where mm. it is you are being concerned with with matters and people that are fantastical and beyond anything that you are normally dealing with mm. and that within that if the artist in question chooses to like inject some sort of real grounding element that you know humanizes the story and makes it something that teaches us about experience then it becomes something that is both escapist and cathartic like right. brush strokes you know yeah. brush strokes of escapism brush strokes of of uh, catharsis so derek i see your mind working over there what what kind of escapism do you have going on in your life i was trying to think of like what are the things i i jump to consistently because like in my mind like you jared like i have this rolodex of things that i can do I can read, I can watch a movie, I can watch a TV show, I can do all these things. But the three things that I always kind of come back to are running, coding, and listening to music. Those are okay. like my top three. Mm -hmm. So for like listening to music, that that to me is truly an escapism thing. Because like when I intentionally listen to music and it's not just like while I'm working or in the background or on my way to work or whatever, like I will lay down on the floor with my record player with the lights out and just listen to a little record. And that is one of the few times I can actually like shut my brain completely off because I just kind of get lost mm -hmm. in, in things and I can kind of detach myself from reality for, you know, 35 minutes. Then the running is another one. That one's kind of a mix of both. That's a little bit catharsis and a little bit of escapism because 
you know, when you feel like very frustrated and like the world is just kind of working against you, like being able to go out and like just work off that feeling is really, really cathartic because you're kind of processing that. Right. But at the same time, like because I'm running and because I'm thinking to myself, why do I do this to myself? Um, (laughs) you know, I, I kind of get to switch my brain off then too, because I'm really just focused on, you know, running, reaching that milestone, like, what's in front of me like it's almost kind of like a zone out thing and then the third thing is with coding and that's more of a creative exercise mm-hmm. um i like structure i like things to be organized and i'm particular in many ways and when kind of there's a lot of chaos going around in my life or in the world i find that like the very structured organized methodical um world of code where everything has its place and there's um you know outputs to certain inputs like that organization is kind of cathartic as well mm-hmm. um but it, it's i don't go into it saying like i need some catharsis to process the things around me i just find that that world that is very structured that is very organized has a lot of predictability to it helps me kind of turn things off and focus on you know what i can control as opposed Makes you to feel what kind I, of safe yeah mm-hmm. it is and it, it's a creative thing and you know, designing too, I guess you could throw that in there, but code specifically, you know, Kevin and I were talking about this on a walk the other day, but talking about how, you know, those sorts of things and those sort of like structured environments are good to kind of like recenter yourself and tell yourself you do have control over what's around you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not as chaotic or out of your control as you might think. Mm. So those are my three. You know, um, it's interesting the the creative aspect of uh, of escapism and catharsis. You know, at, in doing live performance and and theater, you have in the the large way of escapism in that you are quite literally dealing with the problems of another person. You know, I, hmm. I can remember my original acting hmm. coach saying like, you know. Recrucio is trying to, you know, save Romeo's life basically right now. <laughs> How are you going to be able to do that if you're worried about the girl from history class? <laughs> you know, like you, you, theater and acting is your opportunity to set your own life aside and to pick up someone else's and, and experience the, those problems. And in that same way, as with many, you know, transformative art about theater uh, or, or transformative art about humans, which all, all of it is, uh, you, while while telling the story of other people, are able to learn more about yourself and about, about the human condition and about about you know your fellow people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a little bit of a less linear way to reach catharsis, maybe. But is there a linear <laughs> way? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. if there really is. It's just this uh, Jeremy Bear me of mm-hmm. of catharsis journey. Pixar seemed to have found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 90 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> um when i brainstormed with uh my mom about this topic um she talked about how when she was uh, a brand new mom and had you know little babies and she'd have to wake up in the middle of the night to nurse babies 
um, in the days of the VCR. And she said, God bless the VCR. Um, <laughs> Screw you, Betamax. She would watch primarily uh, Terminator and Aliens in the middle of the night breastfeeding babies. And so immediately I was like, this is just the juxtaposition of the two <laughs> things, right? Where you've got this small, vulnerable infant that you are caring for their life and you're watching Terminator and Aliens. But she went on to talk about it because immediately I'm like, okay, this is escapism, right? You have to like get in an element that you can stay awake long enough to get this child fed for 20 minutes, put him back to sleep, push play on the VCR another 20 minutes, you know, just getting through it. But then she went on to talk about the stories yep, of that's Terminator where I was hoping and this Aliens. Was go. Yeah. And she didn't say it exactly this way, but I, I've been processing it since we had the conversation. She was like, well, Terminator is the greatest love story ever written. She's like, heard her say this. she's <laughs> like, can you imagine falling in love with a picture and, and, loving that person so much that you go back in time to save them. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. How interesting. But then I thought further and I'm like, here she is with an infant that it is her job to love that, that was inside of her that you don't even really have a relationship with yet. You see pictures of before they get here. And you have to, you have to save them and you have to bond with them. And even with aliens, she's like, she's like just the bonding that can happen with a group experiencing such turmoil. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's it. You're sitting there with your baby and it does feel like, hell waking up over and over again to try to feed this baby and you're just trying to do everything you can to keep it alive and the bonding that's happening between the characters you're watching is influencing the bonding that you're having with your child up in the middle of the night um beautiful yeah catharsis that's interesting Mm -hmm. i really love that because i'm trying to trying to remember the plot of aliens and is that the one where she has to go in and essentially rescue the girl the little girl yeah Uh uh-huh okay Mm -hmm. and that's what i was thinking too is like almost like that parental instinct is like this is why i get up you Mm -hmm. know every 20 minutes is because i need to protect my little girl (laughs) from you know proverbial aliens Mm -hmm. i see a penetrating eye eye contact from krista what do you got i just i love this (laughs) engrossed in the story This is fascinating too, like thinking of all of the ways that can apply and like the the loss of individuality that you experience as a parent. You go from being like, you know, an individual person to now you are this fused thing supporting this life. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going about that all day. Um, My last example, I think, from this is when I was um, in one of the hardest parts of my life and I was, uh, you know, choosing to to separate and get divorced. And I spent like nine months in separate bedrooms with, with my husband before we separated. And a lot of people have gone through that kind of experience and it's horrible, right? It's just so hard. Mm. And I spent almost that entire nine months in the evenings after kids were asleep, I would turn on house of cards. Um, and, uh, you know, Claire Underwood, her, her character, the strength, the strength, of that woman is uh-huh. beautiful. and the word that I was focusing on during that year was flexibility. So I would do yoga and I would watch house of cards. And the most, the most interesting thing about her character is that strength, but that strength comes from what I would consider flexibility. When you're faced with an issue, when she was faced with an issue, you, she never broke. 
-hmm. There was maybe in the entire five seasons, which I probably watched every episode five times, in the entire five seasons, there was maybe two times where she broke for about three seconds into real emotion. Otherwise, she adjusted, you know, moved, adjusted, slid, Mm -hmm. adjusted. Um, And I just studied that character. And so you could call that escapism, but at the same time, that study of that character changed something in me Mm -hmm. on purpose. I knew what I was doing. Um, and, and it, and it worked. And sometimes I think that is how it can, how it can work the best is if we know what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Can we name what it is that we're trying to process, that we're trying to release, that we're trying to become. Right. And then it can really move from escapism to catharsis in a, in a efficient way, I think. Interesting. It's almost like when you go into, so for example, like when I listen to music, it's almost like, okay. I know I'm going to go escape. Like my intention Mm -hmm. is to escape, but what am I escaping from? Yes. And it's like kind of name that thing. Mm -hmm. And then maybe subconsciously. A window opens. Yeah. And it turns into a little bit of catharsis Mm -hmm. while you're escaping. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And sometimes it reveals itself to you through that process. Like you don't know what Mm -hmm. it is going into it. And maybe you are in a state where you're like, I am just escaping. And then at a certain point, you can kind of realize the re- like why you were drawn in that way. And it kind of reveals itself to you as you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I need relief. And then the question, what is it I need relief from? Mm-hmm. Which once we have that realization can open that, that door, that window to actually processing what it is we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of, you know, the way a lot of, horror movies are set up Mm. is that a lot of times people are running from something but they don't really know what it is they're running for they just know it's bad Mm -hmm. and that's good enough for them to run and hide Mm -hmm. and try to fight for survival Mm -hmm. but you know as they name it you know it becomes less of a you know it becomes more real and tangible Mm -hmm. and you're able to face it head on Mm -hmm. trying to think if there's a movie and it's somebody who's listening to this is gonna know exactly what movie they're probably screaming it at me right now but (laughs) There's like one where they like, like, I'm not scared of you. Oh, it's, it's it. I'm just thinking about it, oh. right? The movie it mm-hmm. and the book it, right? Like the, it is a culmination of, of each of these children's fears and it embodies those things. But the moment that they're able to name it and, you know, face that head on, mm-hmm. then it becomes a very small, you know, feeble creature. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It. Beautiful. It reminds me of. Horror movies, they always come in clutch. Come in clutch. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was a beautiful conversation, yeah. everybody. Thank you. Any, but any last parting words or you feel like you have reached catharsis in I this conversation? I feel so cathartic. Good. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> All right. Well, if you um, have somebody who you know is escaping everything in their life and they need a little catharsis, maybe you can send them this episode. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really going to help. It's going to help their life a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, If if you enjoy this podcast and you haven't yet, we would love for you to uh, subscribe, leave us a review. If it's if it's nice, if not, please, God, don't. (laughs) We don't need more of that in this world. Um, and if you have topic ideas or community questions that you want to include, you can go to orangenebula.com slash topics and, uh, fill out our form there. We need them. You know, we don't have enough ideas on our own. We need, we need stuff from you. (laughs) We need something tangible. And, uh, and we'll see you in the outpost community group on Facebook. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have a, have a great rest of your day, your night, your evening. We will talk to you soon. 
My shoes don't have soles. Why? Because I don't. She like banished it. them <laughs> to the to the other Can realms. 